I'm Marco Werman. This is The World. This past weekend was the first truly sunny spring weekend here in Boston since the marathon bombings. City officials urged everyone to reclaim the city after it had been scarred by those two blasts near the finish line two weeks ago. And many from around Boston, but also from farther afield, made it to downtown to do their part. Even musicians were coaxed into the streets to lighten the mood. This is my second time back, and it's just, it's so surreal that any of this happened. That's Betty Young from New York. She ran the marathon two weeks ago, and she returned this weekend to support a friend of hers who got pulled off the course minutes after the bombings and wanted to complete the race. He ran it again on Saturday with Betty as road support, as she put it. Most of the crowd downtown, though, just wanted to see where it all happened. And I just wanted to come because it was so sad to see in the news what happened. Francisco Barrojas from northern Mexico just arrived in town on Saturday. He says he'd been watching the Boston Marathon live on TV back in Mexico, and he felt he just needed to come to the site. Francisco stared sadly at the flowers and the signs of mourning in front of the sports store where the first bomb went off. In Mexico, he said, because of the drug war, They've unfortunately gotten accustomed to the rituals around mourning in the wake of violence. I had some family that had died, actually one cousin, and uh, we usually go to church to to pray for them. The voice of a Mexican visitor who was in Boston yesterday. Meanwhile, officials continue to investigate what may have motivated the alleged bombers. Some relatives have pointed a finger at someone named Misha, portraying him as a Svengali figure who allegedly pointed the older Sarnayev brother, Tamerlan, in the direction of extremism. Misha, though, had proved difficult to track down until a reporter applied some old-fashioned shoe leather. Christian Carl says he got a tip from a Russian-speaking family near Boston, and that led him yesterday to the door of a man he believes is Misha in Rhode Island. His full name is Mikhail. Misha is the short form of Mikhail. His last name is Alex Vyardov. Well, let me um, ask you just straight up. I mean, how certain are you uh, that the, the man who you met uh, is Misha? Yeah, that's a very important question. Uh, there are two main reasons why I'm pretty sure it's him. First of all, when the Tsarnaev family members brought him up, they described him physically a little bit. And they said that he was an Armenian who converted to Islam, which is a very rare thing. Armenians are very devoted Christians, and they don't tend to convert to other religions very often. And uh, when I met him, he he fit their description pretty well. He does indeed come from an Armenian family. He's a convert to Islam, the guy that I saw. And physically, he was very close to the description they gave. The other reason is simply that when I asked this family in Boston about him, they said, oh, yes, this is definitely the guy. We remember him. They were associating with the Tsarnaevs quite a lot at the time, uh, and they immediately knew who we had in mind. There was no question in their minds that this was the guy that the Tsarnaevs were referring to as Misha. Mm. And when they gave me his full name, it immediately checked out. So everything fell together very neatly. And then when I went to the house and I saw him, he immediately began telling me stuff that I hadn't even started to ask. Like what? And Well, for example, that the FBI had been in touch with him and that he had given them his computer and his cell phone and all of his documents because he was very eager he emphasized to cooperate with their investigation. And it was quite striking also because he then told me that the FBI had assured him that they were about to close his case because they concluded that he wasn't guilty of any wrongdoing. 
And this actually coincided with some media reports that we've been hearing just within the past few days from unnamed officials saying that they were pretty sure that they found Misha, but they decided that he was not a person of particular interest. Um, Why have have they said that? uh, I don't know why. Well, I assume it's for the reasons that Misha told me, which were that uh, they concluded that he was not involved in the organization of the attack and that he was not particularly important for their investigation. Um, but we don't know that for sure. I have to emphasize it will be very interesting to keep an eye on the news over the next few days and see what the FBI actually says. When I called the FBI in Boston, they refused to come in on an ongoing investigation, which is you know what one would expect. But it will be very interesting to see if they have anything to say over the next few days. Well, tell us a bit more about this man you met, uh, Misha. How old is he? What kind of person is he? He's in his late 30s. He made a very personable impression. Um, The family told me that he has been unemployed for the past five years, that he is suffering from ill health. Uh, He was actually quite friendly to me. Did he seem like he could be Svengali-like, which is uh, the kind of narrative that we're hearing, that he was a mentor, a a Svengali to to the older Tsarnaev brother? Well, look, anything's possible, right? Uh, The guy I met was very, very... Uh, meek, let's put it that way, meek and and somewhat cowed. He really did not make the impression of, shall we say, a, a charismatic person who influences other people in some kind of dramatic way. It's also important to mention that the period when Tamerlan was radicalized, um, most people have, who, who knew him put it around four to three years ago, about the time that his daughter was born. And this guy did say that he knew Tamerlan during that period. But aside from that, it's really hard to know. Uh, Again, this is why it will be very interesting to hear what verdict the FBI has reached if they say anything in the next few days. Yeah, uh, we should say, too, that uh, our own uh, outreach to the FBI for comment uh, has proved fruitless, and they are not commenting either uh, to us. Um, When you spoke with uh, this guy named Misha, does his narrative, did he tell you any episodes of alienation in his life? And his parents, they they were at the house when you met him. Did they seem comfortably assimilated? Um, I think they, they did seem comfortably assimilated. They were very, very nice, friendly people. They wanted to stress that they were very happy to come to this country because they were fleeing conflict in the former Soviet Union, and they'd found a kind of peace and security here, and now they were afraid that all of that was under threat because their son had you know, been involved in this whole story, and they were extremely anxious that it was going to, to destroy their lives here. You know, today uh, we're hearing about a Russian raid in Dagestan that killed two militants. We're also hearing that the the mother of the Sarnaev brothers was wiretapped speaking with her older son in 2011, uh, and the word jihad was in the conversation. Does any of this news uh, shed further light on Misha's credibility? Uh, Well, actually, one of the things Misha told me was that he was very bewildered about the family. He claimed that he was very bewildered at the fact that the family would single him out as this, as you said, as this kind of Svengali figure. And he ventured the theory, and of course, I'm not endorsing this because we don't know very much still, but he was actually advancing the theory that the family was trying to divert attention from their own responsibility for for what had happened. But again, we still don't know enough to know exactly who radicalized Tamerlan to this extent that we've seen. We have a link to the reporting that Christian Carl did on the man he thinks is Misha at theworld.org. Christian, thanks so much. Thank you.
Christian Carl is a contributor to Foreign Policy Magazine and the New York Review of Books.